Beehive Sports Podcast is powered by Swing Juice. Visit swingjuice.com. Use promo code Beehive20. 20% off your golf and MLB PA apparel. Got out on the course yesterday. I'm jealous. First, first time. Yeah, I know. You, sh- you should have been there. Yeah, well, I made it to the range. Close enough. <laughs> I was there, too. Uh, today's episode... Got all sorts of stuff. Some <clears throat> local stuff to start out. We're going to get into the Masters, obviously. Derek Carr's contract. In uh, sports history, a little-known story about a hostage situation that took place at Augusta National. You ever heard of that? I have not heard of that. Not a lot of people have, and I'll tell you why, uh, in sports history. And the things that sting, it's another pretty much jam-packed. Well, I'm sorry, Skeddy on is going to be the H&R Block Champions Program, which I'm looking forward to that. Things that sting, we have the death of Dwayne Haskins, uh, Cam Newton, and his uh, bad bitch rant that he went on, and a uh, protest at the Timberwolves Clippers game last night that was kind of fucking hilarious. We'll get into that. (laughs) Several stories in the rundown, three, four, five, there's about 10 in the rundown. So anything from uh, Clayton Kershaw getting yanked today, a couple lawsuits, uh, some suspensions. And then in my hive, we're going to discuss individual achievements. You explain that. Individual achievements uh, that are overrated, or team or individual achievements that are overrated, yeah, just, right? Yeah, just things that happen in sports that are people gush over that are really not that big of a deal. You don't think they're that. So, it's yeah, I mean, it's purely opinion-based. I worded the post poorly because people, yeah, were, I saw the, people were putting, like, overrated teams. But, I mean, there's that, too, just teams yeah, in general. Yeah, different thing. Yeah, we should have gave an example. We should have. But I tried to clarify in the comments. Hopefully, we'll have yeah. some good ones. I haven't looked at it in a little while. But I wrote down my five. You have five, right? Yep. So we're going to go over those. Then we're going to get to the comments. Let's go. Welcome to the Beehive Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe and Sketty. Opening buzz brought to you by Bush Light. Uh, Speaking of Bush Light, because, you know, they do sponsor the opening segment. Got some giveaway stuff coming up. Talk to to Paul today. We're going to have a handful of items I'm picking up tomorrow. Also, something I haven't discussed with even you yet, but I think we should do a draft giveaway. I've been tossing some ideas around for the NFL draft. Okay. Something like okay. something like predict the top 10, and we'll have them. We're, they're not going to be in comments. I'm going to make them message them to the page so they're locked in. Predict the top 10. You get like a point for everyone you're correct, and I'm thinking like five points if you correctly predict a trade. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Something like that. I mean, we can bounce some yeah. more ideas off each other, you know, off the live show, but uh, something like that we're going to do. And probably a couple like decent sized Bush Light prizes will be given away for that. Also, as of Friday, when I go pick them up, 
We're going to have golf tail or golf tails, golf tails, golf towels, golf towels, golf towels for sale. Uh, so once I have those, I'll put a picture of them up on the page so everybody can see those. Uh, I'm excited about those. The patches, which I meant to show last week. I don't know if you guys can see that very well, but we got these patches done. They're going to be on a select number of hats that uh, we aren't going to sell. They're going to be for giveaways because we only have, I think, 12 of them we're going to have. And uh, But then I'm going to see how those go, and I think we might do some more. I've been talking with Swanee. He's our hat guy. We have a hat guy and a stat guy. That's it so far. No, no tech guy though. No tech guy. No, I, that's why we were late. Was because I couldn't get my camera to fucking work. Man, technology. Why did how did we get into this? Uh, okay, let's get started. The storm today. I just wanted to mention that. Did you hear about the flat iron, the tallest building in Warren? Uh, hit by lightning. I actually texted our uh, good buddy Joe Colosmo. Because I was trying to get down to Carter to pay a bill, and all the street lights are out. I get down there. There's like <laughs> cop cars set up, and you know, two fire trucks going. So I text Joe. I said, "What the hell did you do? Like the bank on fire?" Because he works down at whatever. He was like, bank there. he's like the paparazzi though. He had pictures up in two seconds. I uh, he, he said he almost shit himself. Like he said it was loud. He heard the debris hitting the the bank building. Like yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. It was wild. Were you so at the scene? I, I went down to it, yeah, because I was in a, a office day today. So I went oh, down okay. to the scene, and uh, the van that got hit. Yeah, I saw By the way, I'm pretty sure she started to go fund me. If I find that, I might share that on the podcast page because yeah. I, I've never seen anything like what I just saw when I looked at her. It's, so it's like a regular, like kind of like an Odyssey, I, I think it was, yeah. something like that. Yeah. The, the roof was caved in a yep. good foot and a half. And there was a hole, like a like. You would like. I mean, insurance should cover that. I would think some. I don't. I don't well, something, that, I something, something must be going on with it if they're looking at a GoFundMe for it. And I, I didn't talk to yeah. her. I, I didn't take the report or anything like that. But uh, yeah, that man is just—it's the yeah, roof it was, is crushed. It's it, lucky it was that wild. nobody was walking under there when that happened. Yeah. There are some giant yeah. pieces of well, brick. And that's what I wondered if anyone got hurt. Cause no like, one hurt. The pictures Colosmo shared like that one, like, I don't know what you call it. It's not a brick. Cause it may be multiple bricks, piece of concrete, whatever it was, was big. It looked like the size of a basketball. Like right. had the Yeah. That's what landed on the van and then bounced off. Did Is that what? Yeah. It, it actually bounced out into the road and then somebody like, saw it and started like cleaning up before everybody got there and they were like get out of the way because that chimney at the corner is like (laughs) was like teetering basically i actually felt bad because i was just like listening to the storm and i love a good storm so i was like yeah fuck yeah sweet first first nice storm then drive downtown it's just blowing shit up whoops (laughs) no i i like thunderstorms too but yeah it was it was pretty wild uh so speaking local so last week, you know, we gave a couple local shout outs. And uh, uh, by the way, Mo, they bounced back, uh, got a win against GM. So that's good. But uh, I was scolded by a good friend of mine named Kevin Dustin, who is the head coach of the Warren Track team. So I offer up my apologies to Coach Kevin Dustin because Warren Girls and Boys Track swept uh, Kane last week. And, and it was. The girls, it was 104.44. Like, that's just a straight ass whooping in the yeah. track, isn't it? 
I have no uh, idea. I didn't. I never I, I'm pretty sure one four one hundred four to forty four doesn't sound like an ass whooping. Sounds yeah. like an ass whooping to me. Yeah, I don't know that yeah. that either. But um, core and then they swept Corey too, so they're off to a good start. Worn track. Yep. Uh, so I had to give a shout out because I failed to last week. I got yelled at by Kevin. He said, "I heard uh, you know the shout outs to the coaches." I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, uh, "I I didn't get one." And I was like. <laughs> I mean, I am a, a giant track and cross country fan. <laughs> so how it slipped my mind is beyond me. And Ke- Kevin's actually with us in the comments. Kevin, thank you uh, for tuning in. <laughs> I did give him a heads up that I was going to apologize on the air. So sorry, Kevin. I uh, As soon as I get your daily local to get this app going that I have this brilliant fucking idea for, then I'll, then I'll have up to minute uh, you know, results and I'll be able to report on track each week. We, we need a track guy. We need Kevin be our track guy. So maybe yeah, actually we should have Kevin on sometime to talk some track. Yeah. I won't understand any of it. No, nope. I get, ti- get tired talking about track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't do anything that I can't drink beer while doing it. <laughs> that's, that's also true. Uh, but you know what? Him and Mumford have some really good stories about slippery rock cross country. Cause that's where they both went. And they they talk about like post race beers on the van back home like it was you know the, <laughs> okay. the I I mean I know how those two are I can imagine that that cross country team was probably somewhat of a good time but uh, yeah I just wanted to throw that out there and back to Mo uh, it seems like anytime Brady Burdine pitches they're probably going to win is what I'm gathering from that baseball team I, I think I understand he's a pretty good player if I. If I've heard correctly, he must be. He, yeah, he had another good outing in that win versus GM. So uh, we'll keep an eye on all that. Like I said, I still have to approach Brian Hagberg and Andy Close about this Warren Sports app because I think we can make it happen. And I want my I want my hand in it now. They've probably already thought of it, and they're like, "No, building an app and designing it's way too expensive." <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I don't know anything about any of that shit. So. All right, we're going to move on to uh, let's get into the Masters a little bit here. Scotty Scheffler uh, pulls out the win. Cam Smith with the – I call it a little bit of a choke job. Cam Smith is going to win a Masters at some point in time. Like, he plays the course really well, and he's really good. But, yeah, he he kind of blew up. He had an opportunity there, which is hard. We've seen it before. Like, you make the birdie on 11, puts a little pressure back on. I think it cut the lead to, like, three and – what was Jeff the whole, had been kind of struggling, then just was, dumps it in the water. What was the hole where both of them went left into the trees? Each had a shot out at the green, and both left it short within like a foot of each other. Mm, I don't. That might have been before I got back and started watching. I don't okay, thought, so like, that back that to me, around. this this hole, and I don't. I wish I knew what number it was. Somebody who's probably listening might they can chime in. Um, so they both go left into the trees. They each have a shot out. And actually, uh, Schefter got to move his because it was uh, uh, behind the scoreboard. So man-made scoreboard, they move it out. So he has a clear line of vision there. So they both have a look at the green. Tough shots, but they have yeah. a look at it. Both of them hit the side hill front of the green, and it rolls back down, and they're like within a foot of each other, right? So okay. at first – Schefter goes first, leaves it short. I'm like, oh man, if, if Cam Smith can get on the green and get himself a look at Birdie here, he's in he's in good shape. Uh not only does he not do that, but he leaves it right next to where Schefter hits. And 
is it Schefter? Scheffler. I keep saying Schefter. I got Adam Schefter. Yeah, Scheffler, he's, yeah. He's, he, he so anyways, yeah. bad NFL takes of yeah, recent. Yeah. We'll get into that too. Uh, but anyways, then Scheffler chips in from down the hill. Yep. So like – Yeah, that was before right, I started watching. Yeah, yep. super deflating uh, moment, I think, for for those two, you know, that pair. Uh, yeah. Darren, well, go ahead. Scheffler was just so far out in front of everyone. Like he was just so solid all weekend long. Like there was, there was nothing anybody was going to do. Like he, he was just good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rory, if Rory plays like that's what Darren's in the comments saying, how about day four from Rory? Uh, Fuck Rory. Well, whether you like him or not, if he would have played anywhere similar he, to how he played Sunday, the other couple days, he would have been in yeah. some great shape. He can't cause he's a bum. He can turn it on like once every fucking three months and he looks like and the best it. player ever and then just fucking falls. I fucking hate <laughs> Rory is the inspiration for our my hive segment tonight. Oh, mainly because I'm pissed because that bullshit fucking sand shot on 18 that him and Morikawa both somehow fucking made, which pissed me off too, which I like Morikawa, but I had a beer bet that. Uh, Rory was not going to finish better than six under. So there's no way this is when he was already four under for the tournament. So there's no way he makes the Eagle go to six under. Doesn't, doesn't birdie the last part five. Can't make a birdie on 16. I said, Oh shit, I got this. I'm winning two beers. And then this dipshit fucking gets lucky and makes one from the sand on 18. And then everyone's just, Oh my <laughs> God, Rory. Like, yeah, he got fucking lucky at two chip ins. He did throw a dart in there for Eagle on whatever it is. 13 but yeah that was the inspiration like people just mind blown like give him a bucket of balls he might do it again because he's good but not more than once a lot of luck involved in that he still had he had a nice sunday though but i mean half a you lot can of praise it. him i just i hate him. i him. can't stand Roy. i can't I stand Roy. if anybody's gonna sit out there and bash on people who want to take the saudi money because they're evil yet fucking is a nike sponsored athlete can just shut the fuck up like just can't stand him <laughs> What like, about, enjoy your little Chinese labor fucking profits you got there, bud. Good for you. What about, you know who I don't like? Charles. Who? Charles Schwartzel. Yeah. Or, yeah. Why? He's he's a past he's, winner. His fucking name's Charles. He should have never won. He's he, He's been bad, too, this year. Good. Which just goes to show you, if you know Augusta, you can hang in there and compete. I just don't like his name, Charles. Like, there should be an S on the end. Well, he's like South African, Don't care. I think. It doesn't make a difference. Well, Don't. whatever. Either way, Not... he's he's won more Masters than Rory. So, <laughs> uh, Another note that I wanted to put out here. A couple, actually. So, Scheffler went to Highland Park High School. Did you see this graphic that was not. floating around? Same high school as Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw. So they have a World Series champion, a Super Bowl champion, and a Masters champion, all from the same high school. That's wild. Dallas, they Texas. Some good athletes. Where, yeah, Dallas is where it's at. Dallas, Texas. So, uh, and you wanted to you wanted to talk on uh, Tyrell Hatton a little bit, correct? Yeah, there's another one I didn't like. He had made a comment, and he's not the first person to make comments uh, about Augusta like this, but said something to the effect of. Oh, I hit a really good shot, and then I'm short-sided in a bunker. You don't get rewarded. Like, bro, if you're short-sided in a bunker, you didn't hit a really good shot. Like, you're not playing 
I always use Conawago for an example because they let someone set the greens or set the pins on the green that has no idea what he's doing. Like I can particularly think of one hole where I literally had the same putt three times in a row because it was so far front. Like you would putt up to the hole and then it would just roll right back to you. So is that on one or two? On four. Four. Front on four. Yeah. Like it was so far front and the green was so fast that even though I was putting up to it and hit putts hole high, you know, still come two back. times in a row, still came back to me. Like, that's a bad setup. Like, what Hatton does is you just got to hit the ball in the right spot. Like, everyone sees on 16, for example, at Augusta, you hit it kind of long and right, and it just feeds back to that Sunday pin location. Like, it's part of the course. You have to know where to hit your shot because you have to know what the greens are going to do. He's just being a poor sport bitch because he sucks at Augusta. Like He, was, just, he finished last, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's just a notorious, like, Club thrower, he bitches on the course. Yeah, like I just. All right, wait, hold on, hold on, though. What do we have against throwing clubs? I just when you're like a pro athlete, like especially a pro golfer, like I get up being upset, but like he hucks him like all the time, and he's not like he's a good golfer, but it's not like he's like fucking Tiger Woods out there. Like, bro, relax. Like you're gonna hit some bad shots. It happens. Like he's just always got. That would be my forte if I was a pro golfer. That's he, the guy who's just, that's the guy who chucks clubs all over the place. Yeah, he's I just don't like yeah, I don't know. I just See, I respect think, I respect it. I just don't think it's a good luck to call out Augusta and well, say it's gimmicky and like that I agree with. Like, if you yeah, don't fuck mean, the, if you don't like the course, don't play. Can't you decline yeah, the invitation? Well, that's just it. Decline yeah, the invitation. Exactly. You don't, yeah, go. you don't have to yeah, go play Augusta. You can stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Wait he's for just enough. mad because he can't he can't figure it out. Like that's all there is to it. Like Augusta you that's why old Charles can play the course well is because if you know how to play the course, you're gonna be fine. Hatton Charles, can't figure it out. You know, Charles Deschambeau, El Douchebago saying, Oh, Augusta's a par sixty seven, doesn't even make the cut. Like he's just like you don't know how to play the course, like get over it. You can't overpower the place. Like you have to think a little bit. And that's well that and that's Deschambeau's like that's his forte is power golf yeah and he literally said it's he a won't. par 67 for him which means i always say after he says that i add whatever five shots onto his round and say oh geez he was only 13 over today not too bad on his par 67 <laughs> all right moving on from the masters uh last thing we have for the buzz uh this week Derek carr's contract uh gets extended today three-year extension equating to $121.5 million. So this is one that uh, this contract is very, has a lot of opinions on both sides of it. You know, like uh, certain guys get contracts and people are like, well, yeah, that was coming. You know that. Yeah. No one knew, no one knew which way this was going to go, whether Carr was going to be there, whether he was their guy, whether he'd be on his second team here soon or what, but it sounds like the uh, Raiders and Josh McDaniel are comfortable with him. Uh, well enough to throw a pretty big bag of money at him. So I, I think this just kind of shows like this is where the quarterback market's going to head because eh, I don't think Derek Carr is a bad quarterback by any means. Like, you know, he's top 15 in the league for sure. Uh, I don't know if he's quite top 10 without sitting down and going through lists, but like, you know, he's not a top five quarterback. So, you know, this is what you're going to expect to pay for, you know, uh, and a, I'd say above average starter, we would call him. Like, yeah. is that what group he would be in? I would um, say so. So, you know, the big thing to take away from this, though, 
I don't know what the guaranteed money was, but this makes like the Watson contract and like, uh, you know, the Mahomes and Allen contracts. Like, I think going down the road, we're going to look back at it and say, as much as we thought, holy shit, they like way overpaid those guys. They're never going to be able to put a team around them. Like, you know, we might look back and say, yeah, they, actually the deals weren't that bad. You know, like when we see what Lamar Jackson ends up getting, uh, you know, Joe Burrow's going to get a shit ton of money. Herbert, you know, it, it's going to cost money to re-sign these guys. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's what the market is now. Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on with that. And yeah, because if you look, yeah, it's about uh, half of what the other guys are getting, the elites, I guess you could call them, but he did finish uh, ranking-wise. They had him ranked at 10 last year, uh, 2021 yeah. season. So, yeah, I mean, he's not uh, – I don't think he's horrible. Uh, I think yeah, he's, and I mean, he's he's, 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 he's just had a very – like, to me, his career has, like, just been one consistent roller coaster. It's well, I mean, always been up and down. There's never really been a long streak of one or the other. It's consistently up and down. He's He's playing for the Raiders. Like, other than Darren Waller, who's a tight end – like who's his best offensive weapon? Right, Josh Jacobs. Slot well, receiver now. Hunter now, Renfro. oh Renfro, yeah, yeah Renfro's good. And like, now, that's now, they have, now he has Devonte. So yeah, now he has. So that's what I'm saying. You know, like the guys never really had a premier wide receiver talent there. Like we'll see what happens. You know, so we think maybe, this maybe year, Adams this and, year could be awfully telling. Yeah. Uh. So we have to real quick just dart back to golf for one second because Andy, uh, notorious Sketty hater, says Bryce is a douche. I agree with Sketty here. So it's like this <laughs> we got a chalk. That's like the second time ever. <laughs> monumental moment in uh, TBSP history, I would think. Darren, back to Derek Carr says he's no Matt Ryan. That's correct. He's probably better. Uh, There's no probably about. Yeah, that. he's definitely better. And, uh, yeah, dude needs a season where he doesn't lose yeah. half his team and his coach. I, yeah, I, I think this yeah. year will be pretty – like I said, it will be pretty telling about where he's at because now he has the weapons, you know, the any type of excuse, whether it be from media or fan, whoever, is kind of gone now. So it's really, you know, just a matter of, of how it how it plays yep. out the rest of the way. And uh, McDaniel <laughs> – I'd be – I'd be more worried about McDaniel calling it quits before the season starts, like he did to the Colts a couple of years ago. <laughs> I'm actually going back. I'm actually I'm going back go to the Patriots. Yeah, I'm just going to be an OC again. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that's all we got for the opening buzz. Opening buzz brought to you by Bushlight. Get your latte aluminums uh, available wherever you buy your beer. We're going to take a quick break. We will be back with this week in sports history. Whenever you crack open a Bushlight, the mountain starts singing. It's cold and it's smooth and it's waiting for you. What is going on? Hit it, giant Kenny G. It's so smooth. It's full of mountains of bush like beer. Hi. This is Brian Hagberg, and I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our new website, YourDailyLocal.com. Your Daily Local is your new home for news, sports, and events in Warren County and beyond. Our goal is to cover the people, places, events, and happenings that matter to you in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. And the best part? All of our content is available for free. 
Head to yourdailylocal.com to get the news you need when you need it. Let's take a look back at this week in sports history. This week in sports history brought to you by yourdailylocal.com. Visit yourdailylocal.com for the news you need when you need it. Uh, So last week we did Masters weekend. We did like history, three fast facts on the history of the Masters. Just some like, what was it? Uh, couple things about the course and then past winter or something like that. So this week, well, so here's what, here's what prompted all of this. You know, I'm watching the masters and and I don't, I never really like looked into the course or know a lot about the course. I know it's, you know, one of the greatest in the world, they say Uh, most, you know, beautiful landscape difficulty, all that kind of thing. So I started like looking into it because I know there's no membership applications. Like I did know that. So yeah. I was curious to uh, like who was members, who or who are members and what, you know, what do they pay, which you can't find what they pay. They have a uh, assumption. The only thing I could find was it's assumed that it's 40 grand initiation fee. And then like a couple thousand dollars a year after that, which I can't believe to be accurate. I would think people are dumping far more money into that than, you know, just a, a couple thousand a year. Uh, I, I'd be curious just because like, if you look at everything they do, like there's always a big article that runs around the time of the masters about, or gets shared. I don't know if it's older, they rewrite it every year, but like the masters leaves a bunch of money on the table. Like they could shop the TV rights. They could, you know, you, you ever notice there's no like commercials during the masters. There's whatever there are two or three sponsors, but there's no like yeah random commercials. Like they don't advertise. It's, you know, very old school in how they approach it, which is part right. of the charm, which is but, well part of the charm. And, and going back to a past things, a sting story it's why Gary players kid got a lifetime ban. Remember we discussed yep. that because he held up the, uh, while they were doing introductions at the beginning, he was standing in the background with a sleeve of golf balls trying to advertise the brand. And they were like, no, not yeah, happening. Yeah, we don't do that. Yep. Done. So he's out of there. But anyways, uh, like I got into looking at stuff like that and like, how how can you play the course? And there are a few possibilities. They're all extremely difficult. Like the number one possibility was like, get invited to play the Masters. <laughs> uh, no, no problem. The other thing is uh, if you're a member at Augusta Country Club, they could, uh, if they have a, a threesome that needs a four ball, they they sometimes, if they don't have anybody, they'll call down there, see if there's anybody hanging around that wants to complete the, the four ball, and they'll invite them up. Uh, the only other way is to be invited by a member. Well, there's there's one more way. Be a caddy. The, no, there's Me- uh, media. Media. Yeah, media, media Monday, I think. Media Monday, so like, correct. Yes. Yeah, so they invite, but I don't even know how they pick that. Like, it's a random well, lottery of. It's random, and I think it's like literally one group. It's not many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Because, like, everyone says that, like, you bring your stuff not expecting to go. Yeah. And then if you get that call, like, you know, you call home and say, hey, 
staying I'm a night, staying yeah. the extra day. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, as I was looking through this, I found a story that uh, because of Augusta National's PR team has, for the most part, been tucked away. You can find some articles about it, but that's really it. Uh, it was a 1983 hostage situation that took place at the pro shop. So what happened was, this is October 22nd, 1983. Uh, Charles Harris takes his 73 uh, Dodge pickup and drives it right through uh, unmanned gate directly to the pro shop. Uh, the reason he does this, he's, he's toting a, a 38 caliber revolver. Why would he want to do this, you might ask? Because Secretary of State George Schultz had invited President Reagan, George Schultz is a member, invites President Reagan, Donald Reagan, and Senator Nick Brady for a round of golf. So what happened is earlier in the day, Charles uh, Charlie Harris is driving past the course, which he lives in the area. He, he actually, years and years and years ago, worked a concession stand. So he was uh, no stranger to the course. Um, so as he's driving by, they see all these uh, secret service and local state, local and state police and deputies all just basically have the whole place surrounded. Right. Uh, they happen to see a deputy, local deputy who they know. And they said, Mitch, what's going on? Why, why all the police presence? Who's they said, who's playing today? So they knew it was somebody important. And, uh, he said, Oh, the president's playing around today. Oh, okay. Well, Charlie goes home, turns on the TV sees that uh, thousands of steel workers are getting laid off in the United States because they're shipping the businesses over the, the given the business to foreign countries. So this doesn't sit well with Charlie. So you couple that with a few glasses of Jim Bean. His wife had just left him. He got fired from his job and his dad had just passed away. He gets this. Okay, uh, he wants to talk to the president. It's exactly what his Words are he was upset with the way the country was heading and he wanted to talk to the president. So he hops in his truck, crashes through a gate directly to the pro shop, disarms two Secret Service members while because he's holding a gun on him, saying, you know, which kind of crazy. I'm surprised they didn't just whack him right there when he pulled right, the gun yeah. out. Yeah. But, anyways, he gets uh, two White House staffers and four members or four employees of Augusta national in the pro shop and says, I want to talk to the president. So he lets one white house staffer go to go find the president and let him know what's going on. As that's happening, the phone rings. It's a, a female member of the club calling in to see if her clubs were going to be ready for her to, for her round later on. <laughs> Charlie answers the phone and says, ma'am, we ain't playing no fucking golf today. <laughs> it hangs up on him. So keep in mind, this is 1983. The president has a, you know, probably one of the first cell phones ever. I mean, I think they were, I think the first cell phones were actually in like the seventies, but uh, so he calls from hole 16's green calls the pro shop. Charlie answers. He says, Charlie, this is president Reagan. I understand you want to talk to me. The reception was so bad, he thought he was listening to a recording that they had made to trick him. So he rips the phone out of the wall. 
So after this happens, Secret Service says we ain't taking any chances. They load the the four ball group into uh, armored limo and get them out of there. A two hour standoff ensues. At which time, uh, all of the people he had held hostage either were let go or escaped. Uh, he ends up coming out peacefully. He's charged with kidnapping, false imprisonment, uh, and criminal property damage. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison and 10 years probation to follow. He served three. Uh, as for President Reagan, he returned to the course that evening, stayed the night in the Eisenhower suite, and played his full round the next day. <laughs> Isn't that a wild story, though? I had no idea about that. Never, yeah. heard, never heard of that either, and I just found it in my uh, research about the course. I was just looking to see what the hell, you know what was happening with that. And that's what came up. So I thought it was pretty interesting and a good time to share it since we, uh, you know, just had the masters this past weekend. Plus I still working on that list that we made last week. So we're going to start getting into those stories too. But uh, this one I thought was timely and it was fat. Like I just couldn't fucking believe it when I read that. So thought I would share that one. Uh, that's it for this week in sports history. We're going to take a break this week in sports history brought to you by your daily local. Visit your daily local for the news you need when you need it. We're going to take a quick one. We'll be right back with Sketty on. Hey there, everyone. This is Phil with JP photography. I know, I know a photography ad on a sports show. I get it. You're here for sports talk and listening to Joe and Sketty's insane rambling. Wait, what? But bear with me for a few. I just want to tell you that JP photography not only offers wedding photography, it also does events, engagements, headshots, family photos, and even some product photography. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for JP Photography or go directly to our website at johnphilphotography.com. That's J-O-N-P-H-I-L photography.com. Hey everyone, it's Sketty, and I want to give a shout out to Rocket Detailing in North Warren. They make it super convenient and easy to have your car detailed. It's a high quality detail at an affordable price. They came and picked up my truck, got all the winter shit off, and dropped it back off looking brand new. You spend so much time driving to work and running errands, why not make your commute a more pleasant one? Contact Rocket Detailing, 814-313-4462 to set up an appointment. Or give their Facebook page a follow if you want to see some shiny cars. Mention Beehive for 10% off your detail. He's absolute trash. Sketty on. Let's have a listen to what Sketty's on this week. Zero percent chance that works. It's just a little beam at the end. That's what does it. <laughs> it's coming out of your bright mind. I, I know. Well, this week's Sketty on Sports is brought to you by Rocket Detailing. You reach them at 814-313-4462. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and mention us, the Beehive Sports Cup podcast, for 10% off your next detail. All right. So Sketty this week is on the H&R Block Champions Program, which probably none of you have heard of. Uh, I hadn't heard of it until you sent it to me. Right. Well, I yeah, I don't. I just find shit. I don't know. But uh, let me get your... All right. 
Let's hear it. So, H&R Block has announced, uh, I believe it was $1 million towards female college athletes to promote equity with the new NIL agreements and to help them through their tax BS and, uh, you know, try and bring some equality to these female athletes. Now, H&R Block is a private company. They can spend their money however they want it. The girls that this money is going to, good for them. Maybe they need it. They can't say no to it. The problem I have with this is the NIL, name, image, likeness. You are getting what you are worth. This whole thing by H&R Block is just a PR scheme. They're not saying, hey, these female athletes are something so great. You guys need to know about them. We really support them and what they do. They say, oh, no, in the in the guise of fairness, we need to give these female athletes money. Why? What's the point? You're just pandering to people. If you're one of these athletes, now I'm not going to be mad at anybody for taking money, but I would look at you and say, no, you're not using me and my image to promote your BS thing. If you don't think I'm good enough because I'm good enough, and it's just because what's between my legs, it's a bunch of horse shit. Keep your money. I'll go with somebody who wants me because I'm good. It's a freaking... Oh, just a microcosm of what our, our society is now and what we do. We pander to these woke crowds when it should just be about how good are you? What do you actually bring to the table? Are you actually marketable? It's a crock of shit. I didn't even read that much into it because I was just so pissed off reading the start <laughs> of it. Uh, it just to me is just it's offensive to everyone around. If you read the article, uh, I believe it was on Yahoo. It made it sound really bad because nothing's uh, mentioned in there about how great these athletes are, and that's why we're using them. The big push is, oh, female, look at us. Give them money. Like us. We like females. Yay. Just a crock of shit. Go out and get what you're worth. H&R Block, screw you and your pandering bullshit. I like it. So, yeah, I read that article. The issue I have with it is it still just comes down to revenue. And that's what all of this is generated by. It's like when we get into the WNBA versus the NBA or any other women's league versus men's league, it comes down to revenue and they want, you know, these big contracts. And that's the big bitch now with the WNBA is we're complaining. Brittany Griner wouldn't be in Russia if it wasn't for if she got paid well here. Well, I mean, she makes $250,000 a year, which I know that might not be paid well in their eyes. To me, that's pretty. She's doing pretty good. Uh, but the, the problem is, is, is like I said, is revenue. They, they can't just create money out of nowhere and pay athletes. It has to be made. And if it's not being made by way of ticket sales, concessions, uh, merchandise and all of that stuff, then where's the money going to come from? Well, the, the NIL specifically, so as specifically to the H and R block campaign that they're doing is, you know, they're trying to say that these the female athletes are not getting paid as much as the male athletes are. But that's where you come into it. Your your point comes in is female athletes are just not as marketable in this country as male athletes are. So, therefore, they're not going to make the money. I guess that's my problem. Good for H&R Block. Like, just come out and say, hey, we have some great female athletes here. This is who we're choosing to put our money on. Don't make a big deal about it. Like, you're pandering to the people that want female athletes to be more than what they are um you know you just can't you know you can't make people watch something they don't want to watch yeah it's what it is you know it's 
No, that's, it's just ridiculous to me exactly that they're trying to is. compare, you know, a, a college football quarterback, you know, like everybody knows I'm trying to think of what was the kid that won the Heisman this year. Oh, uh, what the heck was the kid's name? Alabama. Jesus. I what say, was his name? I want to say it's uh, Bryce Love. Bryce, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce wow. Young. Yeah. There you go. There. So, yeah, I know, right? Shows you how much I care about college sports in general. But, <laughs> you know, if you have somebody that's marketable, you can you can pay them. You're going to get paid if you are marketable. To market somebody just because of their sex, I think, is just wrong on a ton of levels. Uh, again, you know, good for the players. Get your money however you got to get it. But to me, you know, if you're in a family that's well off, I'd be saying, you know, look, look elsewhere. I, I don't, you know. I don't need that. Yeah, it, it, you could uh, almost compare the level of insult to the Rooney rule. Yes, yeah, exactly. Where they're saying you're, in general, not marketable enough to have this much money, but we're going to give it to you anyways because we're uh, doing this campaign that's going to make us, you know, what? Uh, what, like, what? Are they, they, and they didn't mention who they're bringing in or anything like that, which they, maybe they don't two, know yet. There, there were two, I can't remember. There was like a basketball player from South Carolina, and then I don't remember where the other one was from. All right. Well, they like, did mention two of them. This is just like, an, ex- an example I just thought of in my head. UConn women's basketball is has probably historically been more successful than UConn men's. Is that safe to say? I would say yes. Yeah. Historically. I mean, UConn men's has been good too, but the women's They've been good too, but the women's good. program was like, yeah. They didn't lose a game for like a couple seasons in a row or something. <laughs> yeah, they're, like they're top notch. Yep. yep. So, with that said, I would be curious to see the difference in revenue of who brings in more of what, whether they're more successful or not. People are still more prone to go watch the men's college basketball than they are the women's college basketball. And there's no, it's not to say that those women don't deserve to be watched or whatever. Yeah. It's just different level of play and it's different. You know, uh, it, the the way it uh, absorbs uh, a fan base is just different, and and yeah. I experienced that. Like I said, I experienced that firsthand when I worked at Chattanooga. Chattanooga girls were good. I, yep. I, in fact, I would venture to say, and I don't recall specifics. I'd have to look up their record from uh, 07, 08 uh, and see exactly what where they were, but. I would say that the women were probably record-wise better than the men's team, but the men's team was close to filling the arena, whereas the women's team wasn't. I mean, even the student sections. So, it's, which which is a whole other kind of uh, irony in the whole thing is a lot of it is like young college kids who are fighting for equality and have this big, you know, yep. Uh, I guess kind of leftist take on things and they're the ones not going to the games. <laughs> so, yeah, well, again, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, you know, it's fine that you want to support women. Like I, you know, I have no problem with that. Like you said, H and R right. your own company. It's like, but don't come out and say that your whole initiative is just to support women. Why don't you just come out and say, Hey, these are the athletes we're choosing to sponsor. So what if they all happen to be female? Like, I don't, re- I don't recall like Nike coming out and saying, yeah, we really want to support male athletes. So we're giving a bunch of money to Tiger Woods and LeBron James. Like, right. you know, like, no, you just, Hey, these are the guys we're going to sponsor. Yeah. You don't you know, have it, to, you don't have to draw the line in the sand. 
if you exactly if you're if you are going out there and saying that we're doing this to further the equity in sports and you know that's what your pitch is then your pitch is not these athletes are great and they're good for our brand your pitch is look at us we support female give us your money right and i just think that's i think that's wrong i i, I just think you're playing your stance versus paying for someone's actual uh talents all right we good yeah Oh, this week's Sketty on Sports was brought to you by Rocket Detailing. Uh, 814-313-4462. Follow them on Facebook and mention Beehive for 10% off your next detail. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with the things that sting. Jones Pest Control, your hometown pest control company servicing residential and commercial properties in Warren and surrounding areas since 2015. Sean and his crew will work tirelessly to keep your home or business free of insects to rodents and everything in between. Contact Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548 and set up an appointment today. And remember, ants, spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control, 814-230-9548. Checkout means sales and services with two locations on Warren's east side. Their garage at 800 Lexington Avenue not only services cars sold by means but has knowledgeable staff and modern state-of-the-art equipment waiting to serve their hometown of Warren. Whatever you need, including alignments, tires, brakes, yearly or enhanced PA inspections, oil changes, and much more. Make your appointment today at 814-723-7191, extension 2. Now time for the things that sting. The worst stories in sports, according to Joe. This edition of the things that sting is powered by Jones Pest Control. Ants, spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548. Jam-packed. Tons of stories. I couldn't, I, I left some out, even in the rundown, because there are so many of this week. Uh, obviously, the big one we'll start out with Dwayne Haskins, 24-year-old uh, Ohio State product who uh, did a stint with Washington and uh, now was on the Steelers, looked to be competing for the backup role behind Mitch, uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, passes away after being struck by a vehicle. He was attempting to uh, cross the westbound lane of I-595. Uh, he was down in South Florida training with teammates. Uh, what took place during the uh, time on the highway was uh, what is known is that a Mack truck, it was a dump truck, uh, hit him. He was dead at the scene. Uh, so I have a couple things on this. First, a witness now has come out and has been talking to the media, stating that uh, he was taking his daughter to the airport in Fort Lauderdale and believes he saw Haskins, uh, thinks it was the time, the place, everything, was driving down the highway he was actually behind a semi truck and started noticing cars kind of weaving out of the right lane into the left 
almost like they were moving over, like you see people move over when you see a police officer has a traffic stop on the side of the highway, which everybody should do, by the way. Uh, anyways, they're kind of guiding over, and then they go back. Well, he sees a guy uh, who he believed was Haskins kind of flailing his arms and walking out into the roadway. Um, so it's still unknown if this was uh, intentional or what. But the thing that I... Uh, I'm really confused about is it was yesterday and I wish I would have taken a screenshot of it, but I didn't because I said, I'll just Google it and find, you know, find it while I'm doing my notes for the show. Uh, I read a story and I can't remember where, where it was from or what that he was believed to be with a female. I read the same thing. I was going to ask you. I Googled the shit out of this and could not find it anywhere today. Nowhere. No kidding. So I read the same thing that, that female he was, was intoxicated and passed out or something and they, like that. They found they found her in her car passed out along the side of the highway. So it's like I he was with it. her. She passed out. Maybe they both did. He got up and started walking. I don't, I don't know. I, but, I read the same thing. And then I heard like there's possibly like they said homicide was possible. Like they're there. I can't remember. They were going to investigate whether or not it was a homicide yeah, I, because of that. But it's, yeah, I, I did read that. The so I read that. And, yeah. And now I can't find that anywhere. The only thing I can Gone, find no is thing. this new witness uh, coming out talking about what he saw. Um, so either way, super sad story. All these pro athletes and, and former teammates, coaches, everything have come out and had nothing but great things to say about his attitude, his work ethic. Uh Big Ben even said, I, you know, I, I told you every day I wished I could throw a football as hard as you can. and and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, no. and then, uh, of course on the, uh, bad PR side of it, uh, Adam Schefter tweets out when he breaks the news, the original in his, tweet, yeah, I saw in his original tweet wrote, uh, how basically immediately said he had a, like a tumultuous career with, uh, Washington it's, and now Pittsburgh. And I think it said something to the effect of like, after being a star at Ohio State, he failed to catch on with the yeah, you know, yeah. Redskins well, yeah. flat football team and the Steelers, which yeah, like I know people are upset about it and like it's like is it a good thing to say? No. Is it a lie? No. No, it's like, not a lie. No, definitely you know, not. Like, but it, it was uh people just it rubbed people wrong because it was like his opening remark about it. If that's something yeah, you know, you you discuss the incident. And then later on, when you're discussing the career of Dane, uh, Dwayne Haskins, that comes up fine. So I think it was like one of those too soon kind of moments yep. where where people were yeah, actually that's... like, because usually when there's a too soon <clears throat> joke, people are like too soon, and it's always like, ah, that was you know that was funny. Uh, but in this case, people and pr- even professional football players were responding to him. Uh, he has since apologized to like everybody under the sun. So. Uh, but anyway, change yeah. the tweet too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dwayne uh, was going to be 25 May 3rd. So that's a really sad story. Uh, my least favorite, probably, to talk about when we get on mm-hmm. Sting. I like I like it when people get in trouble. Uh, yeah, makes yeah. makes it easier for me. Speaking of trouble, Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. So, yep, uh, makes an appearance on the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast, uh, and basically speaks out on what he believes women should act like based on how his mother acted during his upbringing. Uh, There's three quotes. 
I made Devin write them because they're long and I write slower than she does. And actually in looking at her writing, I might just make her do all my notes from now on because I can read her stuff better than I can read my own. I I've seen your writing and can confirm that it's tough to read. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to read. As long as you I couldn't even read it today. Yeah, there's <laughs> you been couldn't times. Even read it. <laughs> it's it does happen. I just think quicker than my hand can go, I think is what it is. So anyways, back to Cam Newton. Uh quote, a bad bitch is a person who's just, you know, girl, I'm a bad bitch. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I look the part, but I don't act the part. Newton clarified, there's a lot of women who are bad bitches. And I say bitches in a way not to degrade women, but just to go off the aesthetic of what they deem is a botch chick, he continued. Now, a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs, right? And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of I'm a boss bitch, I'm this, I'm that, no baby, but you can't cook. You don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead, Newton said. So these uh, comments, so I immediately flash back to 2017 press conference uh, where it just still drives me bananas. But his press conference following a game, a female reporter is discussing Devin Funches and the routes he was running. And Newton's response was a chuckle to which she even kind of like was like, what what's funny? And this is in a press post-game press conference packed with media, you know, going to be televised on their local stations, on local radios, all over the place. And he says, it's just funny to me, you know, listening to a female talk about routes. And that went just whatever. Nobody gave a fuck. But now we are at incident number two where he's uh, putting his two cents out there. Meanwhile, uh, and I'm not calling this joke my own because a thousand people made it. If you looked at any comment thread regarding this, it was all about the same joke, but it's true. Uh, the guy who dresses like an old woman is, is uh, explaining to people how women should act. Is that I was, what I was thinking, isn't, isn't Cam Newton a vegan now? Like, isn't that why he's just so God awful at football? He went, he went like straight vegetarian. So he's basically telling telling female, go make me a sandwich. But what's he going to say? Just lettuce, no meat on that, honey. Uh, avocado. No, no food. Yeah, give me avocado, please. <laughs> avocado toast like, now. Come on, man. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah so, is he in roster? Why is he in no. sports? Is it hit, him and Colin Kaepernick? They maybe running routes together. What are they no, doing? I think I saw that he was like visiting with somebody, but I can't remember or talking. To, I don't know. I can't remember. But he said he's looking for his best opportunity to start and win which isn't going to happen anywhere. So well, maybe, maybe arena league's got a spot open. Yeah. It's it. He's going to need something, but this, this is definitely a, uh, some bad PR heading his way. And this is actually being covered. Unlike his comments, you know, to that reporter in 2017, which kind of was just, everybody shrugged off like me, whatever. Uh, now he says it and it's got a lot of traction. If you Google it, there's every outlet ever has made stories. There's, um, uh, Travis Kelsey's wife, girlfriend, whatever she may be, uh, she went after him pretty hard. There's there's quite a few people who are like, just shut the fuck up, Cam. Shut up. Yep. 
Yeah. And, and so, uh, last one in our top three before the rundown. The Mark? sticky bandit. What? No, that's the wet bandits. I'm no, they're, they're the Mark. sticky bandits in Home Alone too. Oh yeah, because yeah, you're right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Remember he shoves his hand. Yeah. He shoves yeah, okay. his hand in the in the fucking Salvation Army bucket. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah, the wet bandits was number one. Though. That was one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so late in the second quarter of the uh, L.A. Clippers Timberwolves game played in Minnesota, uh, a woman sprayed the uh, free throw area, I guess, but but the closer paint, to the yeah. closer to the baseline, sprays it with. Uh, adhesive stick and shoves her wrists and hands down into it. Uh, Security came. She refused to lift her wrists. At this point, it was like unknown why she did this. She sprayed the floor, sticks her hands down, wouldn't move. Security says, get the fuck out. She says, no, they finally get her to go peacefully. She removes her wrists from the adhesive stick. They get her out of there. They clean the floor. Only took a few minutes for all of this to transpire. Following the incident, a global global grassroots network of animal rights activists called Direct Action Everywhere released a statement and claim responsibility for the protest uh, in response to an alleged animal rights issue at Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor's egg farm. So they're saying that he is brutally murdering chickens or, or something. So in response, they uh, have some lady glue herself to the to the paint. Okay. Makes sense. I just, uh, like, it makes me want to eat more eggs because it's such a fucking dumb response to (laughs) the way that they handle, like, I don't know. I just, the activist groups can go overboard. Obviously, this wasn't, like, a violent thing. It only disrupted the game for, they said, like, three to five minutes between getting her out of there. Uh, No charges filed, but according to... Uh, I think I don't know if it was security. I think it was the police in Minnesota. They said that uh, no charges have been filed. However, she was escorted off the property, which carries a one-year ban, so she can cannot uh, go to any more Wolves games or or at that. Or she can't go to that arena for any reason for one year. Something tells me uh, that she was there for just that reason anyway. So it doesn't matter. Like she doesn't give a fuck. Like she can't go back. Who cares? Um, but still ridiculous nonetheless. All right. We're on to the rundown. Quite a few here. Five. So there's about 10, 11 stories. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, perfect through seven innings. Darren texted me about this. He was on suicide watch earlier. Clayton Kershaw, perfect through seven. They yank him out of the game. Too early in the season to be throwing perfect games. Uh, and what? And they pull, yeah, they pull him out of the game. So they pull him. <laughs> okay. Two, two batters later, Gary Sanchez hits a single, and the perfect game no-hitter is uh, is no more. So uh, he, he's, he, 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 he's okay with it. Clayton Kershaw says it's fine. Maybe if I wouldn't have had the lockout and I would have been pitching more in spring training, then they would have let me stick through it. But uh, regardless, it would have been like the 24th in in, uh, in MLB history. Uh, whatever. It didn't happen, so it doesn't make a difference. 
Baker Mayfield back in the news uh, says he's feeling 100% disrespected by Cleveland's front office and fans said when they booed him on the field, it made him want to show up to their cubicle and boo them while they were at work. I support that. Yeah, I, mean, I support he's that. Just, he's not doing himself any favors. You know, he needs to find a job someplace because he's done in Cleveland. He's he definitely done in Cleveland. Any- it sounded like in the same interview he had mentioned uh, Seattle's looking likely. He said something along those lines of Seattle's looking more likely now. He thought it was going to be Indy, uh, whatever. Great. But anyways, that's the quote. I want to show up to their cubicles on Monday and boo them. I think that'd be pretty cool. A Rockies fan was uh, filmed trying to break up a fight between multiple females when he put himself in the middle of it, he became the target, and they started going after him. He knocked one unconscious and another to the ground. Uh, so that's the part that they got on film, however. So it's not not looking good for Rockies fan. Knocked out two chicks. So his self-defense isn't going to go so hot. Probably not. Yeah, because he interjected himself into it to begin with. But, uh, yeah. A Mississippi woman was arrested for punching an umpire at a 12-year-old group softball game. Christy Moore, the 10-year umpire veteran, this picture was circulating on Facebook. She's got a big old shiner. Did you see it? Yep. Okay, so uh, Christy Moore, 10-year umpiring veteran. Kiara Thomas was the parent who was being vulgar throughout the course of the game. During the game, she uh, Christy Moore stops the game, says, these are 12-year-olds, you got to go. As she kicks her out, uh, she's not listening, won't leave. Finally, the coach of her daughter's team gets her to leave. She waits in the parking lot for Christy to come out, attacks her, charged with simple assault. So she's in some trouble. LSU quarterback, transfer quarterback as of March 6th, Jaden Daniels, uh, a video emerges of... When his team finds out he's transferring, they go and just pick his locker clean, trash his locker before he even got his shit out of it. Uh, so Jaden takes the high road. Kudos to him because in his interview, he says, oh, you know, I, I'm i doing this for me, for my career. I wish them nothing but the best. Didn't say a bad word about him, even though they just like literally trashed his locker because he was leaving the team. Shitty move on uh, Arizona State's part. Cubs manager David Ross and pitcher Keegan Thomas are suspended for intentionally plunking Andrew McCutcheon. John Boy Media does a fantastic video of this. You guys should look it up. Uh, He breaks down the entire thing and actually has McCutcheon's like lip reading down. Like you can tell this is exactly what McCutcheon's saying. So basically there's some uh, players being hit back and forth. McCutcheon figured he was probably going to be a target. You could almost tell when he got into the batter's box. First pitch right down the middle for a strike. So, of course, McCutcheon, all right, yeah, they aren't throwing at me. This is a comfortable at bat. So he settles in. Next one comes inside, misses him. Second one comes inside, almost hits him. He gets out of the way. Then he's back on high alert. He knows he's about to get flung. Uh, you can see he's, like, smiling. He, he knows it's coming. Next one comes in and hits him. He drops the bat, basically looks at the pitcher and says, there you go. It only took you four pitches, but you finally fucking hit me. Good job, buddy. Like, good job. (laughs) And as he's walking down, the bench is clear. Uh, Hayward comes in whipping his glove. People are arguing. And you can see McCutcheon say, 
I don't care if you're going to hit me. I'm cool with it, but do it on the first pitch. Like, don't lure me into an at-bat. Like, just hit me and get it over with. And basically, he's telling the pitcher, you're trash. Four pitches it took you to hit me. Congratulations, buddy. So, uh, fuck that Keegan Thompson, my opinion. But Andrew McCutcheon, I've always liked him. And I thought it was badass because he's, like, old school still, you know, kind of in the old school times. And he's like, if you're going to hit me, hit me. I don't care. Yep. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's, I'll, let's just fucking do it. Yep. Just get it over with. Don't don't yep. lure me into the bat. So, fuck Keegan Thompson. David Ross suspended because you could totally tell after he was ejected. Him and Keegan Thompson are talking in the dugout. And you can tell it was, like, 100% planned. Like, they knew exactly what they were doing. So, whatever. Former Oregon offensive lineman uh, who's... In my great note-taking name, I didn't write down. Fantastic job, Joe. Uh, suing the NCAA for $100 million. The suit was originally filed in 2019 for $11 million. He's now bumped it up to $100 million because of the workouts. The workout. Well, that could uh, definitely. <laughs> but the reason he's filing the lawsuit is because of the uh, workouts that they were putting the Oregon players through. And he was saying it wasn't uh, right. They didn't provide water. It was 6 a.m. for consecutive days, 60 to 90 minutes. Uh, the strength and conditioning coach who's listed in the lawsuit, the Oregon uh, strength and conditioning coach, apparently didn't have some certification he was supposed to have. So it sounds like uh, high school was probably pretty easy. He was good. Probably got by some practices. Makes it to the, you know, a little bit higher level. Things got a little tough on him. And because uh, I didn't even read anything about injury or anything like that. Yeah. He's just mad about the practices. So it sounds like suing him for getting him in shape. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Damn you. Yeah. Thanks for making me healthy. Uh, <laughs> the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, has been threatened with lawsuits by everybody's favorite female soccer star, Megan Rapinoe. Over the <laughs> over the XFL logo. So The Rock buys XFL from uh, Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. rebrands it, and apparently the X looks too much like that of Together XR, which is a company lifting up female athletes co-owned by Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe. So... The logo is too similar. The announcement was too similar to Together XR, which have you ever heard of Together XR? No. Me neither. So that just goes back to what we were talking about with the marketability or marketability. Is that? Yeah. Market. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Marketability. Yeah. Marketability. Yeah. Of, you know, the athletes and whatnot. But yeah, whatever. Uh, Last two. I'll kill the music so we don't have to listen to that again. Dan Campbell. Everybody's favorite loudmouth coach from Detroit. Uh, in talking about player behavior, and basically, I think you can kind of weave into this like the acceptance of Deshaun Watson based off of his skill. Like, if he was a shitty quarterback, mm-hmm. would he still be in the league? Colin Kaepernick, prime example. If he was good, yep, he probably would have got away with what he was doing. But because he's not, people were just like, "Fuck you! You're not worth the headache." Deshaun Watson really good yeah we'll tolerate your fucking monsterness and give you a bunch of money you know cleveland rocks so dan campbell says 
in, in discussing this type of uh, situation that when he was a coach for Miami, uh, a specific Dolphin player who he would not name, who was probably the best player on their team, hardest worker, everybody loved him, came to practice every day just reeking of alcohol. And not yep. one not one word was ever said to him about it. And I think the perspective was, if it was a guy who was fighting for a roster spot, that would have been our reason for fucking cutting him. Yep. He's not very good. He shows up smelling like booze. So, yep. uh, last one. Darren, I hope you're in here still. Steven Souza Jr. from the Dodgers validated everything that I said last week about how Houston was made an example of because they wanted everybody else to quit cheating as well. Steven Souza Jr. gets into a, a Twitter fight with fans who were bashing the Astros. And this is a former <coughs> former Dodgers outfielder. And he says, if you think they're the only ones doing it, you're an idiot. Like, you're mad. You're so mad at Houston because they got caught doing what everybody else was doing. Everybody had their own little fucking technological way of sign stealing. The Astros just got caught. So I love that guy because that's what I've been saying forever because several other players have come out and said this, but the fact that it's a Dodger just makes me happy. That That's it for the rundown. I to, told you there was quite a few stories in there. It's a busy yeah, week, busy, busy yeah. week of uh, shitty sports stories. So, which is cool. Gives us shit to talk about. All right. Let me get my note here. This edition of the Things of Sting, powered by Jones Pest Control. Ant spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548. That's 814-230-9548. Remember, it's getting warmer now. This is his busy season, so if you need him, now's the time to get him. He's going to be out in action here real quick. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with overrated sports achievements by team or individual. See you in a couple. Blue Line Auto, located at 1606 Pennsylvania Avenue, East in Warren, is locally owned and operated and is a family-run business specializing in vehicle sales and service. They offer state and safety inspections and general car repairs, including but not limited to brakes and rotors, tires, oil changes, batteries, starters, and alternators. They also offer vehicle undercoating prior to winter to help keep your vehicle protected. Currently, their hours are Monday through Wednesday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Thursday and Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call them today to schedule your next appointment at 814-230-9061. Your safety is their goal. Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Ryan. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So what are you guys and gals waiting for? Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today.
My Hi, Joe and Skeddy's very own world of sports. My Hive is brought to you by Blue Line Auto. For all your automotive needs, call Blue Line Auto at 814-230-9061 or stop in at 1606 Pennsylvania Avenue, East and Warren. All right, Skeddy, this was your idea this week. The uh, over or overrated sports achievements by individual or team. And I yeah. like this one. I guess I feel like my list, we decided we'd each make a list of five. Yep. Uh, so did you order yours like worst to yeah to most? Yeah, I went okay. five is five is not the that week. overrated. With one being the most overrated okay. thing. That so here's what we'll do. Because I, I let me see if I did that too. I think I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say mine are, are where I want them. So we're just gonna go back and forth, starting yep. at five and counting down to one. And then we'll get to the comments. I have them pulled up. Uh, so let's go. You start number five. Number five. I think the dunk or dunking in general is one of the most overrated sports things. Like, <laughs> like, well, I now just hear me out. Like, cause so I can remember this is again, being a kid that played a lot of basketball growing up, like everybody wanted to dunk. I can remember a kid from Youngsville. Like, I think it was my senior year when like they were still like message boards and stuff like they were just starting to come out online. And there was like a page where they'd talk about the district 10 teams. And like this kid would be under, under this name and everyone knew it was him, but he thought he was like playing coy as like, he was just some fan, but he'd be like, Oh, Youngsville has three kids that can dunk. And I'm like, no, you have no kids that can dunk. You have three kids that if they're wide open in the gym, they can maybe kind of put one down. Uh, So like, you know, it was just a big thing growing up. Turns out a dunk is worth, Two points, no matter what. <laughs> if you're LeBron James running down the middle, it's worth two points. Now, I put it at five because there are some, like, momentum-changing dunks that can happen within the course of a basketball game. Um, but it's two points. It, it, other than the little bit of momentum factor, like, okay, yeah, it's cool to watch someone get jammed on, but, like, you know, how impressive is it when you got a 6'11 super athlete just throwing down on somebody, like, cool you know like go get me a seven and a half foot hoop and i'll make it look like that too like i just think it's just a <laughs> overrated two point like people lose their minds for it and it's just like yeah i've seen I, it all i can i can kind of see that because there are people who like lose their minds for it like the bench they'll like hold each other back oh yeah yeah you know, exactly. doing... oh my god i've never yeah. seen anybody dunk before like, yeah although yeah, with well, with all of that said i so wish i could dunk Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be a sweet thing to do. Like, this is kind of the point of the list. Like, it'd be sweet to do, but it's really, really overrated. Like, okay. No, I, I feel I, like I, if you could do it, like, you would just be like, yeah, I, I can do it. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. So, my number five, being part of any tie, whether it be football, soccer, any sport, being part of a tie, <clears throat> to me. Is it? Whether, if you're a pro athlete, I'm talking at the pro level. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, is it overrated because does anybody want to be part of a tie? I don't know. Is anybody proud that they tied? Like, you're talking tying the game? They're they're proud enough that they haven't removed it from being a possibility. Yeah, I I mean, that's that's possible. I I think that there should be a winner and loser to everything. everything. I don't think there should be any ties. Right. So, yeah, Yeah. I see what you're saying, but that was my point is, like, 
they haven't got rid of it. They think it's good enough. Like I just, yeah. just I'm not on board with that. I think ties are fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, I, every there should I always agree. be a winner. I I agree. Yeah. I I think we're at an age where that should be the case. Yeah. All right. Number four. Number four. I have NFL MVP. Vastly overrated achievement. Now MVPs you can use uh, if you're comparing, say Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, because you're comparing quarterback to quarterback. I didn't look this up. I think I told you if that guy Darren was here, he would know. The last MVP that wasn't a, a quarterback in the NFL was what. 2012 with Adrian oh, Peterson, yeah. I think. I meant to look that up. So to me, it's just the best quarterback award. And, uh, you know, there's what, maybe 15 guys you're realistically competing against, but it actually is probably more like six to eight guys can win MVP every year. Like if Cooper Cup didn't win it this year, no, no non position player or no non quarterback is ever going to win it again. Okay. So 2012. Adrian Peterson, the last non-quarterback. And before that, it was won in 2005 and 6 by 2005, Sean Alexander, 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson. Okay, so it's been a quarterback or a running back for the last 20 years, basically. Correct. Correct. Since 2000, then- since the year 2000, only four non-quarterbacks have won it, and that was Marshall Falk won it in 2000. And then, like I said, then it's, Kurt Warner, Rich Gannon, Steve McNair, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning two more times. Uh, Yeah, and then it's Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so, I mean, again, it's cool to have the MVP on your team, but, like, you know, and I guess football is different because you don't compare, like, we never talk about who's the best football player. We always go by position, but, like, the award is kind of trash. It just goes to quarterbacks, you know, just ch- change the award, make the award, make, give them a special quarterback award and make that the MVP actual about everyone. Like it's just a, just a bad award to me. Yeah. It doesn't. It, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you and it's, it has become because it's strictly quarterback. Like I think that, yeah, it, that's what's yeah. dumbing it down a little bit. They should change the name of it. Yep. Uh, to just, you know, best quarterback. Yep. All right. Are you ready for my number four? I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Winning the most improved golfer at Conowango Valley Country Club. <laughs> do you know anybody? Who, right there. Do you know anybody who's won that award? Yeah, I've won that award. Yeah, that, that's that's a shot right there. That, that was that a, shot. a shot right there. <laughs> well, the reason I think it's most overrated is because I think it's bullshit. That if you go from a four to a two, that's more impressive than going from a twenty-eight to a seventeen. Well, there is a you. You would have to ask the Eric about this, but there is actually a formula for you get more points. Like more points, the lower your if you're going. Yeah, they're saying, well, it's they're, not, it's, they're, it's, they're saying going from like a six to a two is harder than going from a twenty-five to a seventeen. Yes, that, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I, I do too. I just really think. Is. Yeah, it's an overrated award, yeah. though. Who yeah. needs it? Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's your <laughs> list. It's fine. I don't. There, don't think there needs to be an award for it. But you know, it's just a little tip of the hat to the people that are out there doing work. You, you did do I, a lot of work last summer. I don't even know if they've. I don't know if they've handed that thing out. I couldn't tell you. 
I don't, I don't know who the last. When did you was. win it? Twenty twenty. That would have been. That's twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, because it wasn't last. I think Sam Brown might have won it last year. I think he did too. Actually, I think Nick won it because Nick went from like a three to a like plus one, which yeah. is just ridiculous. Insane. Yeah, that is yeah. insane. All right, we're on to number three. Number three. You didn't like my number three. Uh, regular season titles or championships? Yeah. Now, it's... I, I think. Well, I think any team sport. And I'm gonna be make sure I'm uh, careful with how I word this. Any team sport where there, if there's a playoff afterwards, winning the regular season to me just means nothing. No one cares. Like nobody's gonna remember. Like we remember the 16 and 0 Patriots just because they blew it you know, in the Super Bowl, Right. Uh, but like no one remembers who, who the number one seed was two years ago, you know, yeah. in the NFL, you know, you know, it's just, you don't win in like basketball, like, Oh, they won the regular season ACC, but then there's also the ACC tournament. Oh, and then there's the actual NCAA championship. Like I feel like regular season awards, just, they don't mean anything. Uh, now the one difference is I do think that like golf and like NASCAR have this wrong where it used to be, they awarded their their season championship was awarded based on a season long points. There was no playoff. Now both of these sports, in order for TV money, decided to add playoffs, and I think they're just terrible because you compete against the whole field every week. Whereas in you know baseball, football, basketball, uh, hockey, you're just playing one team a week or you know one team each game. So they're, they're it's just meaningless. There's a playoff after that. Yeah. Like, I just think it's like, I see what you you're don't saying. Celebrate. You know, no one celebrates like, yeah, the Bills have won the division two years in a row, but like, yeah, it doesn't mean what's anything. that going to matter five years from now? Like, right. are you going to be like, well, yeah. we won the division twice. Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. If it doesn't equate to a Super Bowl, it doesn't fucking matter. <clears throat> uh, all right. My number three winning a long distance race. Okay. I just don't, I don't know why yeah, anybody would think- ever, why would anybody ever want to do that? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to run that far. But like, no. I, I, am kudos, I guess I give kudos to anybody who can finish the race, but it's just crazy. You I see, give like, kudos to them. I'm just confused what's motivating them and how they keep themselves occupied during that time. Yeah, 26. Well, like I don't know. I guess there's some longer than marathons, but yeah, there yeah, are. I, I would be. I don't know. That just it's not my gig. I, I, I don't want to see if I can run. I don't want to drive 26 miles. I, yeah. <laughs> I agree with that too. Yeah. I hate long car rides, long races, long. Yeah. I just, yeah. Not yeah. into it. Yeah. Overrated. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number All right. two. Number two. Perfect games in baseball. I think vastly overrated simply because of the rarity of which they happen, but nobody ever like gives like, you know, a Kershaw today. No one would ever said, oh, man, the Dodgers had a perfect game. It would be Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game. Why? Because he's the pitcher. He gets all the credit. doesn't matter if some guy grounded out to shortstop 27 times in a row, and that shortstop has to make 27 perfect throws to the first baseman to get these yeah. guys out. No one ever cares. No one ever remembers. Um, not to mention there's a lot of luck involved. You know, you can't have one of your guys make an error. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where it seems cool, but it seems cool because it's so rare. Like it's just. And it should, uh, I agree with you. It should be more like team oriented 
victory. Yeah, than... yeah, because like obviously, like you're not striking 27 guys out. Like at some point in time, somebody had to make a play for you right. to keep that perfect game, and you're yeah. the only one that gets credit for it. So I just don't like it. I think it's a little overrated. Yeah, I'm. I'm with. I can agree with that. All right, my number two in the NBA being good at three pointers in the 1990s. Okay, explain. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody shot them. Nobody cared. Well, now I mean, it's like, I mean, just so back in the nineties, they're like pushing the ball down low. There wasn't as yeah, many kickouts. Now you have guys who will drive past the three point line, dribble back three back steps, yeah. and shoot like, themselves. Yeah, guess, like they're running back to the three point line to shoot. And yeah, I, just, I get what you're. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down now. Like. You weren't appreciated back then. No, like you fuck no, you weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, yeah, it, no one really cared that you could. I shoot. guess that's not really overrated, is it? I fucked my yeah, list. I, I just, I, I guess that's kind of like underrated, yeah. under, underappreciated. Yeah. Underappreciated, yeah. Like Reggie Miller. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Reggie Miller, like I guess Ray Allen was kind of like in the middle ground there, but. Yeah, I think I did yeah. this wrong. That's okay. Yeah, that was a little, that was a little goofy, but yeah, okay, you're good. <laughs> You're good. We got we got it. We're picking up what you're trying to say. I wrote this list at uh, 7.52. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> good planning. Yeah. So, uh, all right, number one. I already know you're number one, but I, I'm excited to hear it anyway. Okay, number one. The most overrated thing to happen to anybody anywhere in sports is the hole-in-one in golf. By far, hands down, without a question, Everyone wants one. I would love to have one. I think they're super cool. I've witnessed like five of them and it's an exciting moment. But when you really break it down, what is a hole in one? A, an extreme amount of luck. Like you're not a PGA player. Like anybody can do this. Some like podunk idiots just out there slapping a hybrid out there, dribbles three times, goes up, runs in the hole. Hole in one, I'm buying drinks for everybody. You frame the ball, you put it up on your wall for what? Probably a junk shot that you got lucky with. It's just an eagle. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, I, I don't understand. We don't go frame a ball like, oh, I dunked one on on a par four for an eagle. I don't frame that. Or, hey, I just, you know, covered a 550-yard hole in two shots and tapped in for eagle. I don't frame that ball. Hole in one, we act like it's just this, like, over the top. Your name's in the paper. Uh, if it happens in pro golf. People are just like, oh, here's the replay. It's one of those things where it's rare, it's cool, but it's just an eagle. Like it, it's not anything like you don't get bonus points for it. It's just, it's, you know, and it's crazy because everyone wants what I'm saying as a golfer, I would love to get a hole in one. I want to get one. But then I think about it and it's just like, man, it's an eagle. It's, it's I'd, not. I'd rather have an albatross. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, a two on a par five is more impressive than a hole in one. Yeah, I would rather one on a par four. If you I make a hole one on a par four, now that maybe we're talking, then that's, yeah, that's where that would be know. cool. But well, yeah, I, I, would, would be, I would take an albatross over a hole in one. If I was like given a choice, I can make one in my lifetime. I would do the albatross, Ma- yeah. mainly because I hate the rule. Like, why do you have to buy everybody's drinks? Well, everyone has always like said that that's the goofy thing, like which you're supposed to be. You're happy. It's a rare thing. Like it's you know. Yeah, I I, I, yeah. I get that part, but it just doesn't. Well, and like here, Cono, 
Here's my point. Why should I buy you a drink for making a fucking eagle? I ain't buying you a drink if you make an eagle on nine. That's I'm not true. making. I'm not buying you a drink if you make an eagle on seven. Well, you buy a, me a drink because you're happy. But like most golf clubs do put down a, a certain yeah. amount too, right? Like Conawango does. I think there's a hundred hundred dollar insurance at the club. Yeah. So yeah. Like, if you're in men's golf, they cover your first hundred dollars in drinks. Yeah. Which, Which you know, pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And that I mean, part's again, cool. Yeah, just, it's it's something that everybody's excited, everybody wants, but like when you really think about it, it's like why? It's an eagle. I don't understand it. What is so cool about it? It's literally no different than if you make a two on a four. You're still hitting an iron more than likely. Well, like so, just- so without mentioning names, and actually I would mention his name, but I don't remember it. <laughs> but okay. there's the one of the guys who got a hole in one younger guy. Got a hole in one at Conawango last year. Okay, and I played against him in Scramble League, and okay. it's one of those shots that you're like you're talking about. Like he hit it was on seven, I think, and he hit like a line drive. Mm-hmm. Not not a good, you know, not yep. what anybody would want their <laughs> ball to do off of a tee on a par three, but it just rolled perfectly and made its way up there. Like it was so bad, it's good. Like one of those yep. shots. And uh, that was like the hole in one that I was at the club when he like when his hundred dollars was being used. And I was just really like that guy got one. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, I just played him like two weeks ago in Scramble League and he's trash. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's just one of those things where now I've seen I think I've witnessed in my life. I think I'm at like four or five holes in ones I've witnessed. And I would say one of them was actually a good shot, like at the pin, two hops, zips back into the hole. Uh, I've saw another one on, I've seen three of them on 11 alone at the country club, like up at the top of the hill, which that's the worst place to see a hole in one because you can't actually see the ball go in. Yeah. But like I've been with one guy who hit one and it kind of landed. Like it's like curling left, like drawing left lands and kind of kicks back to the right somehow and we're like oh that might be pretty close and we get up there and you can't find it so like this guy hit it short of the green it just happened to kick right kick forward in the hole uh joe nelson i was with him when he got his first hole in one last year and he hits like an eight iron and the pin was kind of in that middle tier and this ball i thought for sure i'm like joe you that's too much club you hit it too far like it was almost up on the on the top tier there yeah but like it just didn't quite get up far enough and so it started backwards. rolling back and just yeah. funneled right in the hole. So, like, you know, it was like one of those ones where if that ball goes another two inches, he's up top and he's left with a ridiculous shot. Like, it's just there's so much luck involved in it that it's, it's like, I don't get why we get so excited. It's cool because it's rare. I feel like it's like the perfect game. It's just one of those things. It's so rare that you get overhyped about it. And then when you really think about it, it's like, wait, it's an eagle. Like, You're – I wish, uh, knowing that we were going to discuss this, I wish I would have put or got that. Do you still have the picture of that ball you hit that almost uh, dunked it? Yeah, on, on number seven because I was with you. Remember? Yeah. Yep, yep. That was dunked it. The closest I've definitely ever seen to a hole in one because you were. It was literally a half inch to the right. It's dunking in. Probably would have popped out. Oh yeah, it was. If it would have sailed in like unless that, it, I, I unless it unless it rattled, unless it rattled the uh, flag like perfectly and stayed down in. But oh yeah, yeah. 
that, probably got we that. got. Do you still have that picture? Yeah. Yep. You gotta send that to me, and we'll we'll put it up on the podcast on the video next week, so people can see. Because that's that was it. Like damaged the cup. Yeah. Yeah. It was messed up. I actually felt bad. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, that's that, not gonna be right again. There's no way to fix that. Yeah. We yeah we couldn't do anything to it, but but like yeah, even I, that like that that wasn't gonna go in the hole, even though it's right at the pin because you know it's got to spin back or got to spin up to it, like. That one I the one I saw that was a good shot was on number five where like the kid was literally like hit just beyond and just zipped right back in like it was a pretty shot. All yeah. the other ones I've seen are kind of like tracking and all over the place and like didn't somebody yeah. somebody said that somebody got one off of the rocks on sixteen before too. I don't. I think someone told me about that. I don't remember who it was. I can't but remember yes, either. I, but it wasn't like too terribly long ago, but they left it short, like well short, obviously on 16. It hits the rocks that are beyond the stream and just shoots forward and somehow made its way in. Like that'd be, yeah, like, that's an embarrassing hole in one. I think I would like be telling the group at the time, it'd be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, boy. Just, just like I played it. But then deep down inside, yes, that would be yeah, like, you're like, okay, wow. we're not telling anybody about luckiest, this. Luckiest, that's luckiest hole in, yeah, that's yeah. the luckiest hole yeah. in one of all time. So yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, my number one, we will not be discussing nearly as long as we just did yours, but it piggybacks off of your number three, uh, the president's trophy in the NHL. Uh, eight times in 37 years has the team with the most points after the regular season won the Stanley cup. And uh, so anytime I want to discuss anything hockey, I consult with uh, my coworker, Nate Bond, because he is probably the most diehard hockey person I know. And he said that teams, when they win it generally won't even like pick it up or touch it. Like they take a picture with it and then it's okay. Put that thing away, you know, Cause it's just that meaningless. Like even teams are like, who gives a fuck now? Yeah. Now, I, now I mean, second season yeah, I, starts. Now we need to, this is when we need to go. Exactly. Like how, how are you excited about this? Like, especially to get a trophy for it, which, you know, just why are you getting a trophy for the regular season? I just don't understand it. You know, actually funny Eisenhower story. So the last year, the TCAC, we are undefeated going into the final game of the regular season. And like Eisenhower's on like a, whatever, 63 straight games we've won in the TCAC. So after this game, the TCAC is no more. So we have a chance to go out 64 games, haven't lost in whatever that is five, six years. Yeah. We, we blow it at home against Cranberry. I believe it was. (laughs) And there is not, they made us literally, they made us put medals around our neck and cut nets down because we won the, the regular season or run the won the TCAC. There is not a more miserable championship picture anywhere in existence if you could find one of these pictures of us. <laughs> is like it, everybody do, looks do you have like, it like in a yearbook somewhere? I don't I'd I'd have to look to see if I can find it. You gotta find that. It it literally looks like everyone's dog got ran over. They're like, Yeah, here's your <laughs> black and stuff. And we're all just like just get us the fuck out of here. Like, let us shower. Like, that's embarrassing. Everyone's embarrassed. Let's go. I Do need it. to I need to see these pictures. Oh, yeah. It, also, no you got I need you to send me like a high school, like your solo high school basketball picture, too. Do you have one? Oh, on? you want to see you want to see me about that was about 70 pounds ago, I think. <laughs> I want to see it. 
I'll, I'll see if I can dig one up. All right. Yeah, we're that gonna, was a, that was let's a good one. Uh, quick get to. I can dig whoop, one up. I got to get rid of that. Uh, I got to pull up this post. Jeez. Everything but. There we go. So we can get to some of the comments on Facebook. We'll start at the bottom. Uh, Ron King says the team individual achievement that is most overrated is the MVP for the cops versus fire department hockey game that they play where he lives. Uh my my belief is that he's a firefighter, so he thinks it's overrated because a cop always wins it. <laughs> I when I read the comment, I, I almost asked, "Did you get snubbed?" Like, yeah. are you upset? <laughs> what to ask? What to get with Ron and figure out where he's uh, at with that? So, uh, Tim Zafino says the Heisman Trophy in the last ten years. Heisman Trophy in the last <laughs> ten years. It used to be the best player. Now it's the best player or QB on the best team. Uh, yeah, and they, and they haven't necessarily been translating to great NFL players. Yeah, I don't know that Heisman's ever really meant that you were going to be a great NFL player, but, like, I think I get what he's what he's uh, trying to say there. Like, it just doesn't seem like the best player anymore necessarily wins it. Like, it, it's so tied to team success as well that it doesn't actually go to the best player. Like it, it's, a, which is weird because the Heisman's not even like an MVP. You're not calling it the most valuable player. You're just saying who is the best player in college football. So right. team success should have no real bearing yeah. on that whatsoever. Right. And I think that's his point is it's the best yep. player on the best team. Yeah. And it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yep. Uh, Terry Goss says the 2007 new England Patriots 16 and 0 season. Good example. Uh, Crushed everybody, gets the undefeated season. And then actually we have uh, Andy in the comments who said Patriots had 18 wins and one giant loss. And he's a a Giants fan too. So that's why he put his uh, little play on words in there. But uh, yeah, I agree with Andy. I agree with Terry on that one. Uh, It was all for naught, you know, nothing to show for. Uh. Oh, and Andy on the podcast or on the yeah the Facebook page says uh, the overrated individual achievement is Skeddy's golf game. <laughs> I, I've seen me play golf. I don't I don't know if you could call it overrated. It's not very pretty. Some, someone would have to think I'm good for it to be overrated. I, I, I'm not. I, yeah, we don't even. You have to be rated before you yeah, can yeah, be exactly. overrated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dwight. Dwight had one of my favorites. Dwight Damcott says, uh, winning the NFC East. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and, saw uh, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of go uh back and forth on that comment. Yeah, I know. I wanna I wanna see more of that shit on the podcast page. I wish people would start arguing. But I, I think Darren said was it Darren that said something to him? Darren said the division is usually one of the most competitive in football. Sure, the teams aren't great, but the winner of that division definitely earns it. And uh, Dwight kind of rebutted with, yeah, they're competitive with each other, but they get their ass kicked by everybody else. Well, see, now Andy would tell you that the Giants got a couple Super Bowls there. You know, there there was a period where where uh, oh, that division sure. mattered. For sure. But, yeah, at the last there few a, years, yeah, you know, last probably, yeah. what, three, four years, it's been just kind it of hasn't, a hasn't been great. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, 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 and that's, yeah, where that division's at. 
is it's just really bad compared to everybody else. There's no clear cut great team. Like there's yep. no, you know, even like Buffalo's been in the, you know, winning winning the AFC East the last two years. Until this past season where New England kind of made, I mean, they made the playoffs. Uh, but if you go back to 2020, like winning that division was not difficult for them. They went 6-0. and They went 5-1 and in it this year. And the only reason I think they lost at New England was the, the windstorm game where it was like even Josh Allen couldn't cut the yep. wind with a football who, you know, one of the strongest arms in the league, but, uh, yeah, but, but the difference, what I'm saying, my point is, is even in that, the AFC East is a bad division, but Buffalo is a good team. Yep. Where, whereas in the NFC East, it's just a bad division. There wasn't one team couldn't run away with that division. The Cowboys are the best offensive team in the league, but everyone uh, told me. Michael everyone Irvin told me. Michael Irvin just said the other day that, they, uh, that Dak Prescott's the closest thing to Tom Brady in the league. I right sent now. that to you, and you told me there's no way that's real. And I said, Michael Irvin did a lot of drugs. I'm pretty sure that that's oh, yeah. the thing that he said. That that conversation did happen. Yeah, <laughs> and he did say it. He did. I told you, guy. Yeah, drugs are a hell of a drug. I guess. Yeah, drugs are a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know what all he's on. I don't know, yeah. He's got to be on. I multiple. think he's a cocaine guy back in the nineties. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't know. He must be using something harder than cocaine. I don't know what's harder than cocaine. But yeah, if he thinks Dak Prescott's Tom Brady, he's on some good shit. That is true. He's on some good shit. All right, real quick. Uh, shout out to the sponsors, <coughs> Swing Juice. We have. Jeez, uh, I have to remember them all. Bushlight, we're doing pretty good with sponsors. I yep. just got to remember. So, uh, yeah, Swing Juice, Bushlight, Your Daily Local, Jones Pest Control, Rocket Detailing, JP Photography, Mean Sales and Service, Me, Myself, and Ride Podcast, and Blue Line Auto. Did I get them all? I think so. I think I did too. Uh, so, announcement time next week. We have to let everybody know. I'll put something up on the page too eventually to start reminding everybody. We are shifting to, this was just a rarity for this week uh, because tomorrow night's opening men's night for golf. Uh, Throughout summer and until football season gets here, I would think roughly till football season gets here, 8 p.m. Mondays is going to be showtime. We're trying to do a little bit later because uh, if we want viewers and people interacting in the comments, we are fully aware that you're not going to be inside at 6 p.m. on a on a weeknight if it's nice out. You know, people are going to be out doing their outdoor shit, golf league, softball, all that good stuff. So, which is coming? It's right around the corner. So yep. we're just going to start uh, this coming Monday, 8 p.m. showtime each week. That's what we're going to be doing throughout summer. So that's where you'll be able to catch us live. Uh, golf towels will be out for sale probably this weekend, if not Monday. I'm going to pick them up on Friday. So we have BI Sports Podcast, uh, microfiber golf towels. I think we're going to sell them at 10 bucks a piece. Um, and then uh, got some uh, giveaway coming out, which Sketty and I are going to discuss and figure out the the you know rules for that, how we're going to do it. It's going to be involving the NFL draft. And it's going to have some uh, pretty top-notch bush light uh items involved in it i'm not sure exactly what yet i gotta pick everything up tomorrow or friday also i'm picking that stuff up 
So I'll know what we have and what we're going to give out. Darren, your prize pack's on the way. Uh, that'll be in Friday when I pick up the rest of the stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So uh, I think that's it. You got anything else? Nope. All right. Till next time, take care. Be safe. Monday, 8 p.m. next week. We'll see you then.